From Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Edison Wallace-Moyer. This is Film Club, a podcast where, normally, our youth film critics and cultural connoisseurs spill the theoretical tea on a new movie. But this time, we're covering the small screen, talking about the new ABC television series, Alaska Daily. The show stars Hilary Swank as a journalist who takes a job at a newspaper in Anchorage, Alaska after she is let go from her position at a national news outlet. It was created by writer-director Tom McCarthy and inspired by the reporting of Anchorage Daily News reporter Kyle Hopkins. His series, Lawless, which provides the basis for some of the show's storylines, won a Pulitzer Prize for public service in 2020. Lawless explores the stories of missing and murdered Indigenous women in Alaska, the lack of police resources in many villages throughout the state, and much more. It was published in May of 2019 in collaboration with ProPublica. At Me producer Madison Knudsen spoke with Hopkins about his reporting being turned into a network drama. He talks about his role as an executive producer on the show, helping to capture Alaska authentically and the responsibility of a journalist turning their work over to be fictionalized. They spoke on October 28th, 2022, just after the fourth episode of Alaska Daily aired. So to start off, at this point, four episodes of Alaska Daily have aired so far. So how are you feeling about this show being out in the world now? Uh, well, I, wa- I watched the last... I watched the fourth episode live last night. Like I, um, and every time it's, it's still pretty surreal. Like I'm fine. I feel like I'm just now finally kind of wrapping my head around the idea that like, Oh yeah, this is like actually happening. And because for a long time it was this idea and it just seemed like, you know, it was this world I'm really not familiar with. Right. And so I didn't expect, I kind of thought nothing actually gets made, (laughs) you know, like I hear the, you know, cause I, I know lots of things get talked about and I thought, well, you know, this will be a fun, I literally was just like, it'll be awesome to like meet Tom McCarthy and talk to him because I like the spotlight so much. And I was like, well, that would just be like an honor to talk to that guy. Right. And it was, and it was fun to talk to him and meet him. And then, um, and then, you know, two years later, we found out that was going to be, they actually were going to make this show. And then, um, and then everything happened really fast. Um, so it's, it's been a little, like a little head spinning. And I'd say it's just now like where I'm kind of now getting used to it. And, um, you know, used to the idea that this is happening every week and stuff. And it's not like just an out of body experience to kind of see, (laughs) to see it when it's on TV, you know? So you wrote the investigative journalism piece, Lawless, uh, which was published in the Anchorage Daily News, later turned into an exhibit by Anchorage Museum and won a Pulitzer Prize in journalism. Um, And it's now the basis for Alaska Daily. Uh, Could you briefly describe what Lawless explores and why you decided to report these um, stories? Yeah, I had had been at this kind of crossroads where I've been doing, you know, I've always been a newspaper reporter. And then um, I spent a few years working in TV as a television reporter, like local television. And um, I was thinking of getting out of journalism. I, you know, I do have two kids and I just felt like I wasn't doing a good job of having a like kind of a grown-up job that could pay for their college and stuff and and like daycare and like actually daycare was like a huge thing i was like man i just can't afford um daycare and so i was looking to to do another work to just to do other work and um and then i kind of i had a friend who talked me out of it and was like um 
if you go do the if you go do something else, you're really gonna you're gonna regret not doing all these stories that you want to do. And and I thought there was really something to that. And so I thought I kind of made a deal with myself. It's like, well, I'll I'll do this for a couple more years, and I'll like I'll just try and do stories that um that I know that if I don't do that, I'll just always regret having um you know left those on the table and not at least given them taking a swing at them right and so there i mean there are a few topics one of the main topics i really felt like um we needed to kind of take just make an effort on was this was this issue of um you know especially like child sexual abuse in alaska but like you know sexual violence in alaska abuse of children and like this this idea that like you know because i grew up in alaska and it was never it was always throughout that time, we always kind of had the highest rates. Right. And, um, and if anything, the problems seem to be getting worse. Right. But, but we also had like the most severe penalties. So like someone, you know, when I started that project for 10 years, we'd had some of the toughest like sentencing laws for sexual assault in the country. Right. And so that wasn't working. Right. This idea that like there'd been kind of these, there'd been lots of like kind of get tough, talk about like addressing this problem but really what that meant was like kind of regressive like policies and stuff that kind of didn't really work that sound good but don't work and um so that was kind of the starting place and then i had been doing some stories that one example was i had over the years when i had been covering crime and and um just kind of breaking news i there i just had encountered every once in a while i would encounter this thing where i would write about a police officer like in a small community who had been arrested for something. And I would just as part of like the normal backgrounding process, I would look into that. I would just check that person's record. Cause I'd be writing about, they were arrested for whatever, you know, and you know, I would, so I just, if nothing else to, to make sure I had the, like their date of birth, right. And the spelling of their name, right. I would kind of look them up in court view and I would see that they, they had all these previous convictions and sometimes they would have like, like an active domestic violence case or they would have, um, in really extreme cases, they might be like a registered sex offender, right? And you'd be like, how can, you know, how can it be this person was working as a police officer, but they also had this like, you know, violent history, like recent violent history, right? That really should preclude them from ever being a police officer and having the authority to arrest people and put them in jail and all that stuff. And so I did kind of a one-off story about that issue. And around that same time, you know, I was hearing about, um, or people in Nome, not I wasn't so much hearing about, but people in Nome were kind of coming forward and talking about their experiences in that community, about having reported sexual assault and those sexual assaults not being investigated. And so I wrote a little bit about that. And um, we did a call out, you know, where we asked people like, hey, you know, will you tell us about your experience? Have you, re- have you s- survived a sexual assault? Um, and if so, like what happened, you know, like, did you tell the police? If so, what happened? What are the kind of you're just trying to get an idea of like, what are the failure points in that system? And so all those things were kind of happening at the same time when I um, was applying to work with ProPublica for a year on their um, local reporting network program. And um, we kind of landed on that topic of like, well, this is, you know, it's hard to imagine a topic that feels more pressing than this one. So let's just take a swing at it and see if we can do it right. And then um, the thing about Lawless is that in order to kind of talk about just the criminal justice system in Alaska and like failures in that system, you also, I think, especially when you're kind of trying to explain to a national audience, but even to people in Anchorage, because like we just kind of we just kind of think of the Anchorage audience as almost like a national audience, like, you know, people who have, you know, never stepped foot in a village, many people. Right. So 
we're like, okay, well, we got to set the table first and be like, well, here's how things are different. And here are like some of the basic promises that were broken. Like here are the basic promises that were made and here's how, and here's how they were broken. They were never delivered upon. And so that led to just like trying to quantify the lack of like public safety resources and communities as an example of that broken promise. And, um, and it's, it's interesting. Cause like, basically once I started, once I, re- once I published that first story about that, that kind of it kind of took over the whole year. Like one thing about the TV show and the conversations I had with Tom McCarthy and some of the writers of the show is that like, you know, I never really intended to do, do just a project about lack of law enforcement. Right. Cause that's, I mean, it's, it's just one issue of many, among many. Right. And, and also like more law enforcement wouldn't solve systemic problem, you know, many of these systemic problems. So like, so we talked about like, well, here are the stories that I left on the, t- you know, like even with lawless, I wrote, an outline of like maybe like 15 stories I wanted to do. And by the end of that first year, and even by the end of the second year, I'd only done maybe five or six of those, you know, even with ProPublica's help, which was huge. Like we couldn't have done that work without ProPublica. So like, and their, and their team. So some of the stuff that I talked about with the writers in the writer's room was like, it was kind of stories about like, well, here's stories I intended to do, or like stories I failed to do that I still feel like I need to deliver on or someone needs to deliver on. And some of that is kind of reflected in some of the focus of the show. Yeah. I find it um, really surprising that you kind of developed a story out of just like little details you found doing something kind of completely different, just like the police reports. Something I noticed in Alaska Daily and especially in episode two uh, Eileen Fitzgerald, the the lead character, tells her partner Roz Friendly to be patient and not to publish every scoop that comes along. Um, would you say that's something that you had to do when developing this series? Um, I mean, it's something I have to do all the time in the reporting. <laughs> you know, like I'm a very like I'm really uh, I don't know what it is about me, but like, whatever makes me tick, a lot of it is like just feeling guilty about stuff. And like, and I, so like, I just really do, it does not feel good to know that like, okay, I've gotten this tip, you know, someone has given me a tip about an event or a news story. Right. And I know it's, you know, it certainly appears to be true. It seems reportable. It seems like something we could deliver, you know? Um, But then you're like, well, I, I don't have the time, or maybe I'm just not smart enough to kind of find the path to kind of delivering that story. And it just kind of bug, it just bugs you, you know? And so like, um, and there are like 10 stories like that at any given time where I'm just like, man, I really got to deliver that story. But you also can do a lot more harm than good if you kind of go off half-baked or half-cocked or whatever. So like, so um uh, you know, we kill a lot of stories. I killed a couple of lawless stories where like, there were a couple that I'd fully written them. And I was just like, I don't think we can publish this. Um, and we just fully spiked them. Um, and that happens. I mean, that was actually the episode yesterday that aired yesterday. It was like, you've got this young reporter and he's kind of doing a, one of his first stories and there's a debate at the end of the episode about like whether or not they have enough to publish the story. And, and my notes on that script, I mean, I'm not very involved in anything, but I do kind of give feedback. <laughs> and I was like, why don't, I was like, you know, early versions of that script, I was like, I don't think they have enough to publish that story. Like, I think he has to do more reporting. You know, that's a dangerous, like the way what he has, like, I don't think he has enough. And so the version of that episode that aired is like, they don't, 
publish that story, right? They kind of like, they say, okay, we've learned a lot. We are smart on this topic, but it's not, this story is not ripe yet. We've got to do more work. And so, um, you know, and I actually thought that was like a good thing to portray because like um, for every story that we publish that kind of gets a lot of attention, there's another story, there's like two stories that are like pretty, in, you know, like, they would get a lot of attention if they were to publish, but we just don't feel like we have the goods yet. Certainly. Yeah. Especially like how you kind of like talk about the ethical obligation of a journalist, which is really important to like talk about within like TV journalism. Um, And then to kind of come back to Lawless's impact, um, you provide this statistic um, in the Lawless series at least one in three Alaska villages has no local law enforcement. Um, has that changed since ADN published Lawless? I mean, I don't, it's, a, it's hard to say cause it's, I mean, one reason we, one reason we did that reporting was because it was, it was so hard to know, but it was also knowable, but you kind of, you just, you could kind of make, you could take a snapshot and you could do it by like, but the only way to do it was like, you literally had to talk to every community in Alaska, you know, but there's a finite number of communities. So it's like, well, this is actually possible. We actually could do this. Um, but to draw a comparison, you'd almost would have to do it again, because I, I will say that, like, I don't think that the official means for knowing, I don't think those are like, those, those are busted and those are not fixed. Right. Like the, there's like the Alaska police standards council and theoretically they should know, every community that has like a, that where the city employs like a village police officer. And I do not get the sense that that communication, that those lines of communication have been repaired, you know, or even built um, in the first place. Um, I think there's more VPSOs um, and there might be more total troopers. I mean, the governor has certainly said there are more troopers, although when he says that he also tends to be referring to like, positions that are budgeted, but never filled. They're kind of phantom troopers, <laughs> you know, cause, cause you can write a budget and you can say, we're going to, we're going to employ 50 more troopers. But if you know that you can't fill those positions, they're not, you know, it's just, it's just, you're just doing it to say that you did it, but it's not a real person. So like, but I haven't done any of that reporting recently. Um, so I don't know. I feel like um, it's hard to know, you know, it's, it's really hard to know if things, Another thing that like I really grapple with all the time now is like just this idea of like, you know, any given story, is this doing more harm than good? Um, what's the impact of the story? You know, um, I mean, one thing about getting all these, you know, we got lots of like pats on the back and kind of, um, you know, accolades and stuff for that reporting. But it's like um when I talk about things, I feel like kind of a duty to do. One of them is to be like, all right, I really should at some point go figure out like, for example, all this federal money that was like kind of promised to Alaska after those stories published. And after there was a disaster declaration, like where did that money go? And like, did it go to who it was supposed to, you know, like that's a whole reporting project that we really should undertake at some point. Are you, uh, is there like anything in the works? Do you know if there's like any, like you were saying, the um, report on the resources, do you know if there's anyone who's planning on reporting about that at all? Um, I mean, I hope to do it at some point, maybe like five years out, you know, um, you know, I am, I mean, I would like to, 
I would like to do, I'd like to report on some other topics for a while. I, I just would like to do some other types of reporting for a while, but, um, but I think it would make sense and it would also be more knowable, like the dust would have settled. Right. You know, I think a way that we could hold ourselves accountable a little bit would be like, okay, well, five years ago, there was all this talk about all this stuff, you know, whatever happened with all that. And that's that type of reporting, actually just that vein of reporting is what I'm really interested in, which is like, a bunch of money is announced for Alaska. A bunch of public money is going to be spent on something. And whatever happened to that money? Like, like, who, like who actually got that money? I think that's like, I mean, you could kind of spend 10 years on that. I feel like that's, that's something I'm really interested in kind of doing a project on. That was certainly one of the aspects of the article I focused on most, like the, the lawmaking aspect and what they're doing with money and their power, basically. And then to talk about the accolades um, and your kind of reaction to receiving accolades, uh, where were you when you first learned that you would want a Pulitzer Prize for Lawless? Um, I think I was driving to Target because my editor, you're not really supposed to know, but like what I've learned is that like people talk so like so stuff leaks out right and so i got it and i got a call from my ProPublica editor who was like hey you know like on the down low i just heard that we you know we received a pulitzer for um you know that project and um and then you kind of just can't say you know you're like and first of all i didn't believe it i was like that because it's not official it's just like somebody told somebody something right so you're like so i kind of was really what i was doing was like i was just um I was in therapy at the time and I was like, I remember telling my therapist, I was like, Hey, you got to help me like prepare to like be disappointed when this like, I, just, I was like, I'm totally fine with that not happening, but like, it's going to be kind of hard to think it's going to happen and then have it not happen. And so I was like, I was like trying to wrap my head around like, okay, ha, you know, like I just got to be totally cool with like, you know, cause the thing is like all that stuff is it's really out of your hands and it's really subjective. And there were like, there were five other projects that year that like had it won that same Pulitzer. Like I couldn't have complained. They were great projects, right? They weren't, our work was not necessarily better than theirs. We just got lucky. So like, um, so I really try and keep all that stuff in my head, but then, but it was, I don't know. I mean, um, it was, that was pretty head spinning. And then when they, and then it was like almost a relief when they actually announced it. I was like, okay, that wasn't a mistake. <laughs> That's, we actually, and then we didn't actually get the thing for like two years. And I thought, well, maybe they did make a mistake and they just haven't told us yet. And I didn't want to even ask about it because I didn't want them to find out their mistake. But we did eventually, after the pandemic really kind of quieted down, we did eventually get like the little you know, thing. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I would probably be in the same situation if, I was like, I don't know, in the future, if I ever do that. Um, but how has like, in any way, uh, the Pulitzer like affected your life? Um, I mean, it's funny, like the, it was not like an immediate impact. I, you know, I was still working at the paper. I still am working at the paper. Um, and I was doing, I was really, I was doing some stories I was really interested in. So like, you know, it was announced and we were like, okay, that's awesome. Um, but also, I mean, you know, I've always worked at the daily news with people who had won Pulitzers, right? Because that papers won, they'd won two before and, and including one that was not that long ago. So like, you know, people in the newsroom had always like, you know, I'd always worked with people who had that on their resume. And so, 
and also means that they were kind of, you know, they were like, oh, that's great. You know, like, but anyway, like, what about this? Like, when, when are you going to have this draft for me of your next story? Right. <laughs> you know, so, like, so like I was pretty busy at the time and I think that was good because it just kind of kept me focused. And um, so I kind of just kept my head down and it was like, um, um, I don't know. I didn't, you kind of, it, it was awesome and I was really grateful for it, but I also try to kind of keep in my mind that like, look, this is really arbit you know, like you kind of hit the lottery, but you know, there's, it doesn't change, didn't make stories any easier. Like a story, I still had to report and write stories. And so that was nice. Um, so I don't know. It was like, it didn't affect the day to day, but I was like it. And I would say the other thing is I felt like relief. Right. So I was like, whew, okay. <laughs> you know, like, I can check that off. You know, I don't have to like stress out about that now. Yeah. I think that's really interesting, especially in like, as a first year journalist, everyone's like, oh, the Pulitzer is like amazing. And like, it's based off of this person who like did so much for journalism. And then you kind of see it and it's, it's huge. But then it's also like, you know, you're still a reporter. You're still doing your thing. Yeah. The people who I really admire the most, the reporters who I really admire the most are like, they tend to have, you know, some of them once that won that particular word and some didn't. Um, but they really, the ones that I think you wanted, I wanted to emulate were the ones who were like, okay, that's cool. And then they just kind of get back to work. Right. Because I think, um, otherwise, I mean, if you're just kind of always looking backwards, you know, uh, you're going to do bad work, <laughs> you know, you're going to screw up. Um, it seems like the fastest way to start doing bad work is to kind of like start to like get really too wound up in that stuff. And so, you know, we don't try not to think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just focus on the fact like reporting and just to continue to tell the stories. Yeah. So there's a lot of people out there enjoying the show, especially a lot of people in Alaska enjoying the representation. Um, and they're like people who might've not been introduced to journalism in this way. Uh, so what do you think about like that? Well, I think, I mean, the first conversations we had about, um, or the very first conversations I had with Tom, I mean, he was like, it was about this idea of, you, you know, cause he's done a lot, you know, he, in addition to spotlight, he, you know, he played a journalist on the wire. He kind of, he worked on the loudest voice in the room. Like he just has done a lot of, work that kind of in that space and around journalists and stuff. And what I came to find out later is that he was still pretty close to like those reporters that he worked with, you know, cause a couple of them, like, you know, one of Mike Resendez, who is, um, was a Boston globe reporter and is kind of, he's portrayed in the spotlight movie. He's one of the writers on the show. Right. And he's like, and that dude's still working. I mean, he's like, he works with AP now. And like, while we were in the writer's room, he like broke a pretty big story about like the Mormon church, <laughs> you know, in Utah and stuff. And so he's still like very active. Um, um, and we were talking about just this idea. The thing that like spoke to me was this feeling that like, you know, um, I mean, definitely throughout my career and I've been at this, it's kind of all I've done. I'm now 45 and it's like all I've done since I was in 19. Um, and you definitely can see like the, just kind of these, the people, the pushback you get from the public, you know, has, kind of, it's been a free fall, you know, um, and also like the health of newspapers. Um, but when I would get these emails from people who would, I would always be a little surprised when I get emails from people. I would I'd publish a story and I'd get an email or a phone call and somebody would kind of ascribe all these like 
uh, political beliefs to me or like intentions to me. And they just would make all these assumptions about like my, you know, like that I had what my agenda was and stuff. And we would talk about in the newsroom and I'd be like, you know, if people actually like, you know, first of all, like a good story is a good story. Right. So like, I'm not going to turn down a good story about anybody. Um, you know, if it's legit, but then also like, it just, it felt like, I mean, the way I've described it before is it felt like this is like one industry where if people saw how the sausage was made, at least in the newsrooms I worked in, like they actually would have more confidence in the process. Right. Like I think, I think pulling the curtain back and being like, no, here's how these decisions are made. And like, we are, you know, we we're trying to do the right thing. You know, we make mistakes, but you know, there's, I feel like there's like an earnest kind of effort to kind of, um, you know, just at any given turn on any given story, you know, kind of hold ourselves accountable and kind of do the gut check about like, is this the right, you know, like, is this the right call? And so I felt like if people saw that process, um, they would have more faith in the work. Um, and so that was kind of a thing. And so I like that idea. And I like, like, I really like the, I really like, you know, the characters of Claire and Austin and Yuna and stuff. Cause they just remind me and even Bob, you know, like they just really remind me of people I've worked with in like every newsroom I've been in. Like, those are the people, you know, and also it's the thing that kept me in journalism for it's the thing that kept me in it is I really liked being around reporters. You know, it's like, I want to work around these people. And so, so that's been fun. I mean, you know, it's like, it's a TV show. So it's not like, you know, it's, it's not a documentary, but like, I feel like there's, um, I feel like there's a lot of truth in it. Coming into journalism. I certainly feel like it's kind of nerve wracking to be like, Oh, there's not a lot of people like you and you're already coming into this. So it, yeah, it's just nice to see television shows kind of depict, a, maybe not like a documentary style, like you were saying, but like a more realistic uh, view of a newsroom. And then kind of to discuss more of like the accuracy um, and like putting accuracy into Alaska Daily for the Lawless series, there's so much like thought, time, communication and understanding um, how much follow-up did you feel like you needed to have with your sources um, in order to inform them of Alaska Daily and what it's trying to accomplish? Well, I mean, the story, you know, the, the main storyline, you know, so you have, you have a character who's kind of there looking into a, you know, a particular cold case and like a series of cold cases and, you know, there's, there wasn't really a specific lawless story that was about that topic. Right. I mean, there are stories that are on my, they were on my list, you know, that I wanted to do. Um, and there's like reporting I've done that's kind of parallel to like some of those ideas. Um, but it was more like, you know, I would, I would go back to somebody. Well, here's, here's an example. Like there's a, um, there was somebody who was one of the first people to kind of flag for me who kind of worked in like rural law enforcement um, for a tribal organization who kind of flagged for me like issues with like, you know, like the certain infrastructure problem. Right. Um, and so I went back to them recently, recently, and I was like, Hey, remember those conversations we had that was really helpful. Like, would you talk to the writers? Could I like put you on a call with one of the writers who's kind of writing an episode that like might mention this issue or whatever. So mostly when I was going back to people, it's more to like, pick, it was like, can you talk to, can I, it was like, when I went back to sources, it was like, Hey, would you mind talking to so-and-so 
you know, and explain, tell them what you told me, you know, that was, I would say that was most of the outreach. We'll be right back with more of Madison's conversation with Anchorage Daily News reporter Kyle Hopkins. Alaska Teen Media Institute is looking for youth to join our team. As a youth producer, you can conduct interviews like the one you're listening to right now, edit audio, record voiceovers, help write scripts, and much more. And all of that is paid work. And get this, while we are based in Anchorage, you don't have to be there to work with us. A lot of our work is done remotely. So if you're between the ages of 13 and 24, living in Alaska, and interested in joining ATME, go to alaskateenmedia.org slash join. You can also email us at news at alaskateenmedia.org. Let's get back to Madison's interview with Kyle Hopkins. In Lawless, you're telling this untold stories of real people, of missing and murdered Indigenous women, of under-resourced village public safety officers, and, you know, you have a, a kind of a large responsibility to tell those stories as truthfully as you can. Um, so what becomes your, like, ethical responsibility as a journalist to hand these stories over to television producers to be fictionalized? Um. Well, I felt like, um, you know, you have the, I mean, I felt from the beginning that I didn't want, and this is something Tom McCarthy and I talked about at the beginning was like, I didn't want like the spotlight treatment or like even, um, you know, there was a, there was a series that I really admired and it was kind of actually instrumental in like putting me in touch with some of the people who worked on this project that was called, um, Unbelievable. And it was based on a, um, it was based on a series of stories that the, um, that a couple that ProPublica worked on uh, with, I think, the Marshall Project um, about like a young woman. She reports a sexual assault. The police don't believe her. They even like charge her with, you know, making a false report. And it just was a really good like kind of victim focused, survivor focused um, treatment of that s- story. And I remember, you know, and and one one of the writers on that was my mentor at ProPublica. And I was like, how did that happen? This was such a good series. Like what, you know, how did, how did it come to be that like this adaptation was so good? Cause we were getting like these requests and I knew the papers, you know, like, I mean, the papers of business. Right. And I knew they probably would sell the rights to somebody. <laughs> so I felt like, I felt like my responsibility was like, who can I steer these rights to that? Like I am going to have the most confidence in. Right. But like, I would say like a starting place for me was like, I don't want it to be like based on, a, a, an actual real person or I don't want to be like, I didn't want to be represented in it, you know, like I didn't want to be a character in it, you know? So I felt like my responsibility was to try and like, you know, if possible, make it so it wasn't like, you know, kind of based on an actual true individual, you know, person and case or cases and that there was, that it was fictionalized. Right. Um, so that was kind of from day one, that was kind of my hope. Um, and when possible, like when I'm giving feedback and stuff and when possible, I'm kind of nudging like away from like, well, you know, like, like for example, there's, you know, the reporters travel to like a fictional place, right? Like the, the, the community of meat, which is like, you know, that was something I kind of, and, and another one of the writers, one of the Alaska writers felt strongly about, like, you know, I don't think you want to, 
I don't like the idea of this being an actual like named Alaska community that they that they go to. Right, it needs to kind of represent fifty years in in ten different communities. You know, so there's that. I don't know. That's the thing I worried about, and and it was kind of part of the conversation from the beginning. We talked about you know, your responsibility as a journalist and then also as, you know, like responsibility to sources, but also um, it's probably valuable to discuss, you know, um, your responsibility as an Alaskan. Um, So did you feel any responsibility in your show, like in ensuring that Alaska was depicted as accurately as possible, or at least Anchorage, I would say more fear than responsibility. <laughs> like, I mean, I think we do have a responsibility. I also was just terrified of like, just the Alaskans, like, you know, you can't, I mean, we're, you know, I'm not a writer on the show. I'm, I give feedback. I answer questions and kind of give feedback and stuff. Um, there are a couple of Alaskans writing on the show and like the paper, you know, that the paper does tend to weigh in on scripts at a certain point. And a lot of what we say, and there's lots, so there's lots of like, well, we wouldn't do the, you know, like the, you couldn't do this in Alaska or you have to fly, you know, you couldn't drive to this place or, um, you know, there's lots of trying to think about like, if an Alaskan is watching this, what are the things that they're just going to like, you know, do a spit take on or be like, you know, I can't believe that <laughs> that's in there. So like, so whenever there's something that was really kind of really didn't ring true, like we would try and you know, raise their hand and be like, well, this dude, you know, could you do something else? Um, but there's limitations. I mean, it's, you know, it's shot in Vancouver mostly, although there actually is, I mean, there's a lot of shots in Alaska, like a lot of the kind of establishing shots and stuff. I mean, they do spend a f- some time up here. Um, you know, that was the thing I was kind of really afraid of is like Alaskans just being like, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. Um, and I think for like, you know, I think for how quickly things came together and like the fact that it's like a network TV show, I feel like, I feel pretty, I feel like there's, I think we got some things right, <laughs> you know, um, I feel good about some of the stuff that's in there. And, um, and Alaskans have been kind of, the reception has been warmer than I would have expected just because you kind of, people just tend to not like the trails of their own communities, you know? So um, I was bracing for more hate mail. <laughs> You kind of talked a little bit about your role as an executive producer, but could you kind of explain what that role kind of all entails and what, you know, the limits of your involvement was in the show? Sure. I mean, we, you know, we wrote the ADN editor, David Hewlin, and I wrote like a, a piece before the show came out just to try and address some of that, just to say like, look, you know, this show's coming out and you're going to be like, what is this? You know, you're going to have questions. Um, and, you know, I did feel it was important to kind of, to say, look, this is a, you know, this is a fictional story, right? It's not, it's not a documentary. It's not um, a retelling of, of, you know, how a particular story was reported and told. Um, you know, there are, there are storylines that are not based on, you know, work that we did. There are storylines that are kind of related but there's like lots of differences um you know i again this this whole world is kind of new to me right like i've never you know all i've done has been a newspaper reporter and a little bit of tv and and um so 
I didn't really know what to expect um, for me. And I think my sense is that that I title probably means like a lot of different things <laughs> in a lot of different contexts. For me, it mean it, for me, it's meant, you know, I did spend some time in the writer's room, just kind of like weighing in and, um, you know, answering questions and kind of giving my opinion on some stuff. And then, then I came back to Alaska and I just, I get, you know, like I've got an email right now from the writer's room that just like, well, if you, if you report this type of story, like what are the public documents that like would lead you to that story? Right. So like I, that, lots of that kind of stuff. Sometimes I talk to the actors about like, um, okay, so you're doing an interview and here's like what you're kind of hoping to achieve in that interview, you know, here's the tool, you know, like the stuff you have in your hand or whatever. Um, so to me, it feels like a consultant, you know, like I, you know, we can, we can offer advice, we can offer our input, but, you know, but ultimately like, it's not, we're not in the business of making TV, right? Like that's up to the TV production, you know? So we just kind of, we just try and do our best to kind of give our best in, input and insight. And, and then it's, you know, it's kind of our, out of our hands at a certain point. What kind of sacrifices did you have to make in order, like, to get this show made? Sacri- I mean, um, a good example would be, like, I mean, I don't know about sacrifice, like, in terms of sacrifices, but, like, a good example would be, like, you know, when you're watching, like, a courtroom drama, right? And they're, like, you know, there's an arrest, and then there's, like, a bunch of hearings, and now all of a sudden we're at trial. Well, like that would be three, that's three years. That's not like, you know, like, I mean, people, you know, people are growing old in the time frame between like, you know, like the complaint being made and like the trial and then sentencing and stuff. And so like, you know, I think, you know, the paces, you know, things are condensed, right? Like they're, you know, the, the reporters at the daily Alaskan are writing stories in a day that like, I probably would spend three weeks on, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's one thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think um, I went into it just with the feeling that, um, you know, I knew everyone's intentions. You know, I felt like Tom, I felt like I knew Tom McCarthy and I had been talking for like a couple of years. He, um, he traveled to Alaska. He went on like reporting trips with me, including like a couple kind of intense reporting trips where he was, I mean, they were like legitly kind of confrontational reporting trips. Um, and, um, you know, so I knew that he had been thinking about it and, you know, we had lots of talks and stuff. And so at some point you just got to be like, look, this is, you know, these are people who make television and I, um, I feel like their heart's in the right place and I'm going to try and offer to help as much as I can. But like, but ultimately I just feel like, you know, I have to pick a lane. And so I kind of was like, all right, I'm going to help as much as I can, but then I'm also like, at some point I just got to go back to the newsroom and kind of do my work and, you know, let the cards fall, <laughs> you know. Kind of to speak like, you know, you're going back to the, um, to being a reporter. Uh, what impact do you think that your work on Alaska daily will have on your journalism work? It doesn't really make it easier. Um, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, you know, it's, I'm already kind of, you know, when you're, when you're trying to get a, an interview with somebody who doesn't want to talk to you already, you know, they're not, you know, the, the TV, they tend to mention the TV show. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I just don't worry about it. Right. Cause it's like the thing about the stories is like, and what's been fun about getting back to reporting is it's like, 
you know, there's, I just find comfort in the process, right? It's like, okay, I'll get a tip or I'm kind of thinking about something. I'm, I'm kind of making a list of people to talk to. What are the questions I want to ask? You know, I'm kind of following the reporting where it goes and then, um, and then assembling the story and fact checking it. And, and so that process is like, I find really comforting and, um, and hasn't really, none of that has really, you know, the TV show doesn't really change any of that. I do think, um, you know, it's part of our culture now. Right. And it's like, and I think Alaskans are watching it and they'll have opinions and, you know, I don't know. I think it remains to be seen. It's still kind of new. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Um, the people who won't talk to me, they would, they wouldn't talk to me before, you know, like I'm talking about like authority figures. So it's like, I mean, they can blame the TV show, but it's like, man, you weren't talking, like you wouldn't sit down for an interview before anyway. So I don't even want, I don't even want to hear it. It's not about the show. You just still don't want to talk to reporters. So at all, like in working with uh, Tom McCarthy, what ways is it similar to working with like a, a journalist, some editor or like, you know, at your, um, at the Anchorage Daily News? Um, that's a good question. It's kind of similar in a couple of ways. Like, I mean, he asks a lot of questions and he kind of, he definitely has like some journalism DNA in him, you know, like he kind of, he's really curious, you know, and he's really interested in like, detail you know she's very detail oriented and stuff so he'll be like well you know like um so he kind of thinks like a reporter i think um and then i would tend you know i went through this period because we were talking for so long and again like without really knowing if anything would get made right we just we just would talk and um so i kind of would download him on stuff like that i've been thinking about or like dealing with or whatever at work in the same way that i do with an editor i'd be like well okay, so, you know, I'm working on this story and it's like, it's not really come together or I think I have it, but I just need this one, this one person won't participate. And so I don't think I can land the story and, you know, it's frustrating and here's why. And so like, I would have these kind of like venting slash downloading session sessions that like, they were very similar to the one I have with my editor where I'm like, okay, here's what I've been doing. And like, here's what, where it's going wrong or whatever. And yeah, I think maybe I could get it if I go about the, you know, like, um, so we had a lot of those kind of conversations. Um, you know, it was a, it was a long process. It was like, I mean, from the very first conversation we had, it was probably two years before, you know, the show actually aired. And most of that is not making the show, you know, like when it was time to actually make the show, that's just kind of more recent, you know, like it was just lots of like, it was a year or two of just kind of chatting. So you took a lot of time to like develop lawless how does that sort of compare to the time to uh to create alaska daily let's see i mean the thing with the lawless project was like some of those stories were just things i've been thinking about for 15 years right and so i kind of had the ideas about how i wanted to go about the reporting and um so once once we committed to that topic because there, there were other topics I was interested in. I was like, I was interested in lack of housing off the road system. I think that's like a really important topic, you know, just kind of the future, like just things within the orbit of like Alaska's future, you know, like what this place looks like 50 years from now. Um, but there was this sense of immediacy to the topic we chose. Um, and also this feeling that people were kind of ready to talk about it. You know, we had some confidence that people just were ready to talk because we'd done these call outs and, and gotten a lot of responses. 
so once that's once that reporting started that was like just the train left the station and we just barreled to where you know and also like the local reporting network that's it's like a it's it's like a fellowship kind of i mean they work with you for you have a year of ProPublic's horsepower right like and ProPublic is so badass with like all these you know like they have a great legal team they have like this amazing engagement team they have like amazing data reporters so you're like okay you know while we have this like rocket that we can ride for a year like let's get as much reporting done as we can so that was like really fast paced you know and then um and then we did another year with them and did this project called unheard but that all i mean that seemed to go really fast um and in compare and it's like and now it's like there's this real rhythm to like i think in at least in my experience like to like enterprise reporting where it's like now there's like five kind of stories and subjects that I've been like kind of stewing over and picking at for five years. And that reporting feels like it's going so slow. Cause it's like, Oh man, like it's taking me forever to deliver this, but I try not to freak out about it. Cause it's like, well, you know, these things, they ripe, you know, you gotta let them ripen on the vine, you know, <laughs> like, and then when it's time, we'll like, we'll go hard when it's time, you know? And the show was kind of like that, but on a more, on a shorter time frame, where it's like, there's lots of kind of, you know, talking kind of the see, you know, the ideas were being seeded. And then when it was time, it was like, you know, it was time. I think that's really interesting because a lot of like what we talk about is like fast journalism and like a lot of people think about broadcast journalism and how it's like always fast paced. But it's really interesting to hear about the, you know, times where we have to take it slower and investigative journalism and take time to tell the stories, right? I mean, I definitely, like, the reason I wanted to work with ProPublica was because it was it was purely out of that desire to get out of the um, hamster wheel of, like, daily stories, because I've been doing that for so long. And I was like, you know, I never do my best work when, like, I mean, I do, you know, I, I was proud of turning stories quickly, and I, I was proud of doing stories fast that were solid. But... I was like, what would it feel like to just have like enough time to like really be deliberate about like, I'm going to take my best swing at the story. Right. And, but it's, it's also hard to justify your salary in the newsroom. If everyone else is turning stories every day and you're like, you know, you're like, well, let me, you know, we take another month on this or whatever. So like, I wanted to pay for myself so that I wasn't taking salary away from some other reporter. So that was like, you know, that was why we went, outside the newsroom and also just to get that expertise but like you know like okay i wanted to fund myself that was my big thing was like i'm gonna i want time to work i want time to do the work but in order to get that time i'll go find money to pay for it and so that was like that was a big part of that kind of um concept you know when i came back to the paper and was like wanting to do a a long-term project and then um and we got lucky that propublica was into it because like we couldn't have asked for like a better partner. Yeah. And then to kind of come back to uh, Alaska Daily and maybe like the average person watching the show, what do you hope that those viewers get from this? Like maybe the main point they need to take from this? I think, you know, the idea is, I think there's a lot of competing (laughs) things I want to say. Like, uh, I mean, I would hope that they would see what I saw, like when I first started working in newsrooms, you know, not just newspaper newsrooms, but like radio broadcast, like just local journalism news, you know, local journalism newsrooms where it's like, 
you just have people who are kind of going about their business and usually they're like funny and they're really interesting and curious and they're kind of fun people, but they're kind of, sometimes they're kind of jerks, you know, <laughs> but like, but like, but they're kind of focused, you know, they're like channeling that towards something good, ideally, you know, um, and that it's like this, it's this kind of very specific type of work that, um, you know, when no one's doing it, it's just bad, right? It's just a bad, like if you have a city council that like never has to worry about looking up and seeing a reporter in the back of the room, they're just going to get away with stuff. They're going to, they're human nature is they're going to like start self-dealing. They're kind of do some shady stuff. They're going to do no big contracts to their brother-in-laws, all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's just like having that person in the back of the room, who's kind of paying attention with the goal of like holding them accountable. That's like an important thing. And it's important that that person doesn't work for the government and that they work for the public, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're independent and stuff. Um, and so my hope is that the takeaway is that like, it's a, just like we have these shows about fire departments and police departments that this is like a public service that like, is kind of important to like uh, how, you know, like our society works and it should hopefully be valued enough to kind of they stick around yeah living in alaska i've relied on like local news um and then coming to like a first year journalism class to hear like local news is disappearing it's really disappointing to hear um and to kind of talk about takeaways from lawless and more of like the issue of missing and murdered indigenous women um how do we continue to bring attention to that issue and also the the lack of village public safety officers in Alaska? Um, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, I think there are young reporters um, who are doing good work, right? And, um, and they, you know, there's, it'll be kind of their story to tell, I think, you know, like, I don't think I think the danger for me is to kind of try and like anoint myself as like the person who's going to tell these, you know, like it's not my place really to kind of be like, here's, you know, here's what should we should do. And like, here's how all these stories should be told and stuff. I feel like, you know, I felt strongly that like there were stories that needed to be told and I would not feel good if I knew some of these things and did not try and like make them public but I think like we should be, I think newsrooms like mine should be like really kind of making sure to kind of hire people to hire Alaska Native reporters, to hire reporters from off the road system, to hire people, you know, to like, to have, to put journalists in place to tell those stories who, um, you know, you kind of best position to kind of tell the stories. Um, and to include, you know, like, cause there's things even in the writer's room, I mean, there's things that like, there's things that just generation generationally don't occur to me and stuff. I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I think there's a bunch of like badass young reporters in Alaska who like are just going to pick the, they like already kind of doing the work, you know? And so that's, I'm, that's awesome. And, and um, I think we'll continue to see that. Yeah, definitely diversity in the newsroom is incredibly important. And then not to be cheesy with the last question, but do you have any advice for me? as like a first year journalism student? Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, 
I don't know how, you know, what I would tell you is like my first year or two, I did not like doing interviews very much. Um, and I did not like knocking on door. Like I just, I found it, I just found it uncomfortable. I was just like, Oh, every time I had to pick up the phone, I was like, Oh, here we go. Um, and like, what I would say is like that, like the more you exercise that muscle, the easier that gets, you know? Cause like, it's, it's just doesn't feel natural and it's kind of feels in, you know, like, but the more you do, like, I don't know. I, maybe it's not the same for everybody, but for me, it was like, I did kind of almost quit at one point because I was so, I just found it so uncomfortable. And then, but I did it long enough as like, Oh, you know, like when people are upset with me or kind of, I just kind of got over myself and I was like, this isn't about me. Right. Like, this is like, you know, this important work for someone to do. Someone's got to do it. And if I don't make this call, someone else has got to make this call. And if the person's upset with me, I understand that, you know, and it's not personal. It's just kind of, you know, so like once I kind of reframed how I thought about all that reporting, it just, it just made it easy. It just allowed me to do it for forever. Cause I was like, all right, I'm, I'm just not going to take this personal and I'm not going to get super wound up about it. But I don't know that first year or two is, I think those are the hardest and they, and I think it kind of gets easier and kind of more fun the more you do it. Yeah, I'm certainly feeling that just like getting into interviews. I'm not quite there with like my classes yet, but um, definitely it's not natural to just kind of get into people's personal lives. But definitely I thank you for your advice. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add with uh, your work or with, you know, stuff with Alaska Daily? No, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm grateful all this is happening. And, um, you know, if there's one thing that, among the many things I just, I'm a big warrior. So I'm always worried about everything. And like, you know, one thing about the media in Alaska is like the, there's a lot of great reporting and it's not just, you know, like there's good work being done by bloggers. There's good, there's great work being done, you know, by the radio stations and like, and I mean, I worked at KTU. I think that they, you know, there's good work being done there and stuff. And so like, I don't know, I just, um, I'm hoping that we find a way to kind of acknowledge and kind of, um, give some sunlight to like all that, just all those other forms of journalism that are doing good work in the state. You know, that's something I would love to see. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and just talking all about your work. Um, it's been an honor talking with you. Oh, my pleasure. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was late. That was super late. <laughs> You're totally fine. And uh, hopefully you couldn't hear it. My kids have been running around upstairs, so hopefully you couldn't hear any of that. Oh, you're good. Okay. All right. All right. That was At Me producer Madison Knudsen speaking with Anchorage Daily News reporter Kyle Hopkins. Watch our podcast feed for more coverage of Alaska Daily coming soon. You've been listening to Film Club, a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman and Devin Schreckengost. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including Alaska State Council on the Arts. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our program and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. It's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like AtMe. Just go to patreon.com slash Alaska Teen Media. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps us get our stories out there. 
And if you are a youth ages 13 to 24 who loves movies and is interested in being part of our film club, go to alaskateenmedia.org slash join. Or you can email us at news at alaskateenmedia.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all sorts of updates. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Edison Walsmoyer. Thanks for listening.